and welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. It's me, your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. Freaking Aaron Wiseman. And I've I got an episode for you today. This is with one of our dental colleagues, Dr. Jeffrey Anzalone, and he is coming to talk to us today about passive income. Let me tell you, I'm excited to share it with you. I'm excited to share his Louisiana accent, and I am excited for you to find freedom through passive income. All right, let's get into this conversation and then stick around afterwards for my kick of encouragement. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Jeffrey Anzalone. It's great to have you here today, friend. Absolutely. Looking uh, looking forward to it and looking forward to maybe coming up and deer hunting with you in Indiana. <laughs> Hell yes. Come on up. One more we can get uh, off the roads. We have a lot of deer, so it's definitely needed. Well, you are one of the few men who have graced our presence here on Dr. Me First. So fill in the audience who you are, what you're doing, and the magic you're putting out into the world. I am a practicing periodontist. If you can't tell by the accent, I'm down in Louisiana. Happily married, father of two, and living the dream, you know, living the dream, both being able to work with great patients, great staff, but also connecting with a lot of other doctors and just educating them on passive income. And, and the only way that I do it is just share my personal experience on how it's changed our life. Yeah, absolutely. And I would love to hear that personal story of how it was before and that transition into and how it is now. Sure. Uh, I think it all started back when I completed my training about two weeks before I um, had a job lined up, everything going to move back home and it fell through. So it left me with a two month old 300K in student loan debt. We'd already bought a house. This was back before the 08 crash, so it was easy to get a mortgage. So I called up my friend that was a banker. He said, oh, I know the group that you're going in with. Uh, we'll, we'll just do an interest-only loan, and whenever you can start paying on it, you know, normal, that's fine. So that, that was literally, that was it. So the worst part was, as you know, they don't teach you anything about how to run a business. So it was very stressful, as you can imagine. And I went from not really caring too much about debt because, you know, we're going to have a decent income to literally survival mode. So I started networking with other dentists, dental specialists. I rented space from somebody and he kind of took me under his wing to help. Started mowing yards again. I was probably one of the most qualified uh, lawn people probably ever. <laughs> But you know what? You got to do what you got to do to make ends meet and, you know, pay the bills. So set a goal. You know, I was a big Dave Ramsey follower at that time. Set a, set a goal seven, eight years to, to get out of debt. Luckily, we were able to do that. And then it was kind of like, now what? And a few years after that, we were skiing and I had a kid, you know, dart out in front of me, ski school. And I avoided, to, I avoided him to, so I didn't kill him. And I landed on my right wrist. You know, I kind of got up and, and that was, I think the, you know, thinking back, I think that was probably the first time I thought about, 
Because, you know, when, when you're young, you think you're invincible, right? I mean, I've got two teenage boys right now, and it's like, you know, I'm literally looking at them. They're living, you know, I'm, I'm reliving my childhood again, seeing how stupid I used to be and how I'm lucky to be alive. But I never really thought about being injured and not being able to, to work and provide for my family until pretty much that moment. And I thought about, well, how would I pay the bills if I couldn't work either temporarily or permanently? That's what got me to start looking for alternate income sources and started reading books, listening to podcasts and networking with people. And it seemed like the common denominator that was in everybody's, I guess, resume or whatever was real estate. And I had no real estate experience. Didn't have it. The only thing that I'd done was just bought that one home. And I thought to get into real estate investing, you had to physically own property and be a landlord, which I was ready to do it. So started going to conferences. I, I've got several friends around here that have a lot of property. And I realized after doing all that, that it wasn't going to work out because you know our goals were to spend more time with our kids, to, to have more free time, but this was not going to allow us to do it. Yeah, because so, you're going to become a landlord and have to be changing out refrigerators and <laughs> and clogged pipes, right? Yeah. I mean, we we would go to lunch sometimes with these people, you know, their phones ringing. Oh, I, I got to go. So, you know, somebody broke into one of our apartments. I got to meet the sheriff over there. And, and I'm like, I don't have time for that, you know? So luckily, I stumbled across something called crowdfunding where basically you could invest in real estate online in in smaller increments. You didn't have to, you know, go take out a $500,000 loan to buy an apartment complex. So I started dabbling in that. Did a couple of little deals, didn't have a clue what I was doing, but they worked out okay. And then I decided to 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 step it up and did a bigger deal. It was actually an apartment complex in Tulsa. And long story short, every investor in that deal, including myself, lost their entire investment, which the minimum was $50,000. So that was tough. But looking back on it, it was completely my fault because I was going by what the website was telling me. And unfortunately, a lot of people are putting their trust in a website because they're telling us one thing. Hey, you know, we're going through all these deals people are giving us and we're only putting the best ones on our website. But little did I know that there's not much of a screening process. So I was looking at two things. Number one, what properties had the best returns? And number two, which ones looked the best? That was it. So I was, you know, I, I hate that I lost that, but I I deserve to do it because I just I didn't know what I was doing. So that sparked me along with, with a couple other things to start my blog, debtfreedr.com, to share my experiences that I'd had up until that time. And then as I started learning more about real estate and getting more involved in it, I've been doing that now for almost three years. So that's pretty much gotten me from there to now. Yeah. And now you're taking your PhD in the Hard Knocks University. 
and teaching the rest of us doctors about that as well and helping us to not fall in the pitfalls and how to invest money wisely and do it with much less fear. Exactly. So talk a little bit more about what you would hope someone listening to this conversation can walk away with. That's a great question. And as doctors, you know, we have this big target on our chest. You know, we're, we're always getting pitch deals. Uh, I remember I fell for one while I was still in school from a disability insurance person. You know, if, if you don't invest while you're still a student, you know, your premiums are going to go up four times and blah, blah, blah. And we just, we just get conned, you know? So, you know, that's big disadvantage that's, uh, you know, that's going for us. But, you know, in order to, to move forward and, you know, get on with our practice, you know, a lot of times we're told by advisors, there's really only one way to invest for retirement. And that is work 30 years, diligently invest in your 401k. And hopefully when you're 65 or 70, you'll have enough money to live off of. And hopefully you won't you won't run out. But what happens to the people that during that 30 or 40 years career, maybe they don't like their job anymore. Maybe they, <laughs> maybe they still like their job, but they want to cut back. Because, you know, think about it. We, we start off later in life, you know, early, mid to early 30s, in, typically in debt. So we're already behind the eight ball. All of our friends that graduated 10 years before us, they're living the life. They're at country clubs and, you know, we get out and, oh, we're a doctor now. And even though we're 500,000 in debt, we start living like we're the, you know, the, the quote doctor and that just, and we never catch up. So it's this mindset that, you know, that we have, but that was the only way that I thought that you could invest for retirement is I call it kind of the traditional retirement model. And luckily I was able to, as, as I talked to you uh, just a few seconds ago about real estate and passive real estate. So I'll give you an example. One of the studies now shows that we need anywhere between, depends on your lifestyle, 10 to $15 million saved up you know, when, when you retire in order to keep your same lifestyle now. Well, you get out and you're 400,000 in student loan debt and you start practicing at 35 and you're only making 200 grand a year or less. That's a lot of money, you know, to save up. And it's just kind of like it just a lot of times it just takes the air out of people's sails. You know, it's like, well, I'm, I'm stuck. I've got to do this. There's, there's no way out. That's it. So instead of looking at it like that, what you could do is figure out what your expenses are your monthly expenses, let's say they're 10 grand a month. Then you focus on, so, so your, your active income pays those $10,000, which unfortunately active income, as you know, is the highest taxed income, 40 plus percent. Whereas passive income is the lowest tax income, capital gains. It's taxed at whatever your capital gains uh, rate is. So if your expenses are 10 grand a month, and you are able to replace your active income with $10,000 of passive income, guess what? If you don't want to get up and go to work tomorrow, you don't have to because you've got something that's paying the bills. And once I start educating, it's, 
I, mean, I talked to a cardiologist last night from uh, California. You know, she was, you know, my age, mid forties and never heard of this before. And it was just like, you could hear the excitement in her voice. It's like, you mean to tell me I don't have to do this another 30 years? It's just like, to me, that's the most rewarding part of it is, is just hearing that excitement and, and educating people in an ethical way where they don't have to worry about getting screwed by somebody because, you know, I've been screwed by people and I'm not selling anything. I'm just providing information and loving it. Yeah, exactly. And what you're really providing people is freedom and autonomy in a world as doctors that we feel like that is just totally swept away from us. So I think that's, it's totally awesome what you're doing. You talked a little bit about the real estate world, like active real estate management. You talked a little bit about passive real estate. Go into some other examples of passive income that you are acquainted with. Uh, well, one of them is a blog, which there's a lot of websites out there that tell you how easy it is to start a blog and this and that. But it, I can tell you, if you want to be successful, it's not easy. You know, nothing in life is easy. As you know, that's a source. What you're doing, you know, that's a, uh, you know, a, being a, a coach. That's what I tell people to do is if you don't really know where you want to go, just look at your interest. You know, everybody's walking around with a problem. And if you can figure out a solution to that problem and it's something that you like, well, then that's, that's where I would start. You know, absolutely. I have a great example of this. So in my business mastermind group that I'm a part of, it's coaches, not all physician coaches, but just female coaches, business coaches, kind of all over the world with it. We had one gal in it and she was really kind of just like not jiving with the, the coaching. And she kind of did what you said. She kind of leaned into something else. She started, uh, she'd got a whole bunch of these like old New England style house shingles and she was starting to like paint fish on them. And this was before COVID. And she would take them to, you know, like flea markets or like different things around town. I shit you not. She sold like several thousand worth of shingle fish in 2019. <laughs> Just because she leaned into something that was like, yeah. oh, it's kind of fun and it doesn't cost me a lot, but I'm enjoying doing it. And I think that's so true. It's when the grind of what you're doing is exhausting you. It's time to find a creative outlet. And then with that creative outlet, it's time to figure out how you can monetize it a little bit. And it doesn't have to be in a totally greedy, grimy way where you're, like you said, conning people out of money. But if you have something that only you can do in this world and it fixes and helps somebody else with their problem, why not ask for the value exchange? I'm saying, yes, of course, let me help you with this. And by the way, this is what it costs. Yeah. Exactly. My wife, a few years ago, I mean, she, she's a, my dental hygienist and she loves, you know, hair and hair products and all that. And she um, was approached by somebody that also liked it as well and told her about, you've probably heard of it, maybe Monate, M-O-N-A-T mm -hmm. products. But anyway, she got into to selling that just because of her passion for, you know, she's the one that whenever there's prom or homecoming, all the girls around town, you know, the boys leave the house. All the girls come around town. She does their hair. She just loves it. Nothing to do with the money, but she just found her outlet and passion. So now she's gotten into social media and, you know, doing different things with her hair. You know, I don't, I mean, this isn't 
this is uh, nobody can see us talking, but you know, I don't have much hair. Uh, so I, I don't really get it, but uh, I guess women, that's y'all's thing. No, not mine, you know, but you just, again, if you just, you find your passion and, you know, I don't, I don't know if, if you're a believer or not, but I, I am. And, you know, for me, God has showed me that just focus on what you're passionate about. And then eventually you'll be rewarded. Uh, you know, whoever you believe in, I mean, I think that's kind of the universal way, the universal truth that that just happens. It's funny how that stuff happens, you know? Absolutely. I have a coaching client that I work with. He's an amazing female physician. And as we've gone through the coaching process, it wasn't too long ago. She's like, well, I, I do nails. And I was like, what do you mean you do nails? She's like, yeah, I'm, I'm actually a pretty big like Instagram influencer in the nail market. And I was like, what? We have had how many coaching sessions now and you did not tell me about this? And I think she's still taking some time to believe that like that could actually be something. But I'm like, girlfriend, you got like tens of thousands of followers (laughs) and they don't even know who you are. They just see what you do with nails and other people's nails that you paint. And I I think that some of it is self-belief. Like we think, oh, we can only do this one thing for which we invested a good majority of our 20s for. Yep. And really, it's time to back up and be like, no, you are a whole person. You are complex and twisty and you get to try other things and do mm-hmm. other things. That's true. And the, the great thing about the way that we're investing now is that frees you up to to do those things. You know, as you slowly start replacing your income. Then again, if you want to work part time, you can. If you want to completely quit and go a direct, a completely different profession, whatever, you can. But if you stick to the traditional retirement model of having to work your whole life and and you know investing in your four hundred one k, that's what you want to do. That's fine. But I'm really glad now that we do it this way because it gives you options, which the other way. It does not give you options or it doesn't give you many options. Well, and I think you hit the nail on the head when you said it really is about that mindset shift of being like, this is the only way that you can work and realizing there's like hundreds, thousands of ways for which you could potentially live your life. And guess what? You get to pick that. Now, I know there's folks out there that are listening who would come off as pretty risk averse kind of like, I don't know about all of this. What would you say to them? It starts, like you said, it starts with a mindset shift. And if you educate yourself enough, then you'll realize what is less risky than investing in something that's real. You, I mean, you, you got to have a place to live. So if I tell you that I own an apartment complex and you tell me you own stock in Amazon. Okay, well, how how does that work? You know, what do you mean stock? What, it's just a piece of paper. You know, you, you, you're logging into an account and you're looking at this stock that goes up and down. And depending on what people say on TV, political people, it can make it go up and down just like that. And to me, that's risky. You know, I like it to where I can go and go, hey, I own that building right there. And all those people pay us rent. And that, that's just my, you know, my perspective about it. But again, it, it does come down to there, there's different levels of, you know, risk. If you so, for instance, take apartments, if you're 
risk averse, then you want to go to find a good uh, apartment complex in a in an area that that's growing, that's been cash flowing for thirty years. That's just hey, that's this is a staple of this area versus somebody that maybe doesn't really care too much about risk and maybe they want to go buy get into something that's more of a new development that that has the potential for bigger gains but also has the potential for bigger losses versus this one over here that's just you know steady and you know just so it 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 does have different levels just kind of like in the stock market you can invest in you know a, a companies that are like a Walmart or McDonald's that are just, they're always going to be around or get into these penny stocks that, you know, may or may not make it. So again, if you educate yourself enough, and that's why I try to, you know, provide the information necessary on my website because doctors are busy and I take a lot of the information. I just filter it down to what I think we need in order to make the best decisions for themselves. Absolutely. And if you're interested in learning how to create multiple strings of passive income and create financial independence, head over to debtfreedr.com backslash free guide to grab a free copy from Jeff here to get you started today. Yep. Or if they have specific questions, they can email me, jeff at debtfreedr.com. Be happy to help them out um, any way I can. Well, it's been great having you on here. I know you've educated me. I just want to say thank you for coming on Dr. Me First, for being both a colleague, a guest, and a friend. Uh, The pleasure is mine. I really enjoyed it. And thank you for all you're doing to, uh, to the doctor community. Guys. Doors are opening soon for my next Burnt Out to Badass group. I'm so excited. And did you know that the group is now lifelong? So if you join now, you get to stay in it forever, or at least until you decide when to leave. So this group consists of female physicians and other women in high-performing professional careers who are ready to tell burnout to suck it and ready to reclaim that inner badass that they are. The class provides weekly support as we work through the Burnt Out to Badass course curriculum, in addition to a whole bunch of other fun stuff. I mean, we mingle, we build community, we talk, we answer questions, you get lots of fun bonus material, merchandise. I mean, come on. And did I forget to mention lifelong membership? I would love to invite you into it. I think it's a great opportunity to get everything that you need in one place and a little Aaron Wiseman sass with that as well. So think about it. Get in here. Join us in the Burnt Out to Badass group. Link is in the show notes. Don't put it off anymore. again, Dr. Jeffrey Anzalone for coming on the podcast. I really can't say enough great things about him and his focus on helping doctors and other high income professionals create passive income from real estate. You know, really, because then we don't have to stop trading our time for money. We can actually just let our money work for us. So definitely head over to debtfreedr.com. Sign up for his email list. You're going to learn a lot of great things. 
All right, let's get into today's kick of encouragement. With all this talk about money, it's easy to get down the rabbit hole. Really, it is super, super, super easy to do it. And so I want to flip it a little bit and say that, yes, passive income is important and talking about money is important. But what's even more important is to make sure that you are investing yourself in your own self-worth, not just the dollars in the bank. So self-worth is often a synonym for self-esteem. And I really think self-worth needs to be less about measuring yourself based on external actions and the outside and really honing in on your inherent worth. Now, I know this is counterintuitive. At least it has been for me because it's always been about getting the next degree, getting the next thing published, doing the next big thing, writing speaking, all the, all the check boxes. But here's the thing. As long as you keep building your self-worth on those external things, you're not truly living in good self-worth. You're not really valuing who you are and believing in yourself. Because the problem with focusing on measuring ourselves on other people is that it draws our attention away from that intrinsic value. I love what Dr. Kristen Neff has to say. You guys have heard me talk about her multiple times on the podcast, but she says, our competitive culture tells us we need to be special and above average to feel good about ourselves, but we can't all be above average all the time. And it's so true. I mean, there's a bell curve for a reason. And so If we are constantly looking for self-worth by comparing ourselves to others, we will always see someone who is richer. We will always see someone who's more attractive. We will always see someone who is more successful than we are. And even when we do manage to fill self-esteem for like a golden second, you can't hold it when it's based on external factors. Our sense of self-worth bounces like a ping pong ball, says Dr. Neff, rising and falling in a lockstep with our latest success and failure. So that's where I want to challenge you to build not only your external wealth, but also build your self-worth. One of the biggest things that you can do is to challenge that mean girl in your head. You know what I'm talking about. Mine wears yoga pants and Ugg boots, and she is downright junior high mean at times. And what happens when we are listening constantly to that self-bullying inner critic is that it leads to self-destructive and maladaptive behaviors. And so what we've got to do is get away from making ourselves feel worse, start challenging that inner mean girl, and start talking to ourselves as if we love ourselves. Again, the patron saint, Dr. Kristen Neff, she's all about self-compassion. I have learned so much through her books and doing it. But what she talks about, and she breaks it down into the three steps of what self-compassion is. It's one, acknowledging and noticing your suffering or your feelings. Two, being kind and caring in response to this suffering. And three, remembering that imperfection is part of the human experience and that we all share it. So there's a post-it note that sits on my desk. I literally just pulled it off right now. And this is my post-it note of self-compassion that I read to myself almost daily. It says, Aaron, this is a moment of suffering, and this is hard. Suffering is a part of life. 
Everyone feels like this sometimes. May I be kind to myself in this moment. May I hold my feelings in tenderness. May I give myself the compassion I need because I can love, accept, trust, and give myself all that I need and all that I am. So I encourage you today, take a reflection on not just your external worth, but what your self-worth is. And remind yourself of that inherent value that you bring to the world. Quiet that mean girl who's in your head and smother yourself with some self-compassion like shea butter. Because you are enough. You are worthy. You are beautiful. You are wonderful just as you are. You are not broken and you certainly are not alone. Well, that's it for today. And remember, your life, your calling, your pulse matters.